Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast, episode number 174. Today's big Bible question, what is the Lamb's Book of Life, and how do I know if my name is written in it? So hello, friends. Happy Friday to you. Today, we're talking about the Lamb's Book of Life, which is a book that is mentioned multiple times in the Old and New Testaments of the Bible, but not ever fully described in great deal. Well, of the, say, 10, 11 times or so that the book is mentioned in the Bible, six of those times are actually in the book of Revelation. So last week, as my family and I were reading through Revelation, we basically read one chapter a night uh, in the Bible reading plan together before bed and then pray. Uh, Phoebe, our youngest child, heard me read Revelation thirteen eight and got a puzzled look on her face. So she asked what the Lamb's Book of Life was, because that verse references it, and I did my best to explain it to her, and then her bigger sister Cassidy asked the most important question, and she said, how do I know if my name is in that book? Well, those are some great questions, and we're going to cover them today. We're also going to be reading Deuteronomy 24, Psalms 114 and 115, Isaiah 52, and of course, Revelation 21 our focus chapter. Let's go read it now and then discuss it. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more, because the previous things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making everything new. He also said, Write, because these words are faithful and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. That one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then one of the seven angels, who held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, came and spoke with me. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He then carried me away in the Spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance was like a precious jewel, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The city had a massive high wall with twelve gates. Twelve angels were at the gates. The names of the twelve tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. The city wall had twelve foundations, and the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb were on the foundations. The one who spoke with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. The city is laid out in a square. Its length and width are the same. He measured the city with a rod uh, at twelve thousand stadia. Its length, width, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits according to human measurement, which the angel used. The building material of its wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold, clear as glass. The foundations of the city wall were adorned with every kind of jewel. 
The first foundation is jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates are twelve pearls. Each individual gate was made of a single pearl. The main street of the city was pure gold, transparent as glass. I did not see a temple in it, because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, because the glory of God illuminates it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never close by day, because it will never be night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So as we read, we note that the only people that will be allowed in the city of God are those who have their names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So what is this book all about? Well, we first encounter a reference to the book in Exodus 32. In verse 31, it says, So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now, if you would only forgive their sin, but if not, please erase me from the book you have written. Notice written in past tense. That'll come up in a minute. The next reference comes from a prayer in Psalm 69, verses 27 through 28. Charge them with crime on top of crime. Do not let them share in your righteousness. Let them be erased from the book of life and not be recorded with the righteous. Well, that's one of the imprecatory psalms, which is a term we haven't really covered yet, but it basically means that it is a psalm that asks for God to judge the writer's enemies and persecutors for their wrongdoing eventually we'll probably ask the question about whether or not Christians should pray imprecatory prayers like let my enemy's name be erased from the book of life or not given that Jesus taught us to turn the other cheek and to bless those who curse us. For now though, it's enough to note that we first hear about, uh, the, the second time we hear about the book is in this particular psalm. Isaiah 4 is much more descriptive of the book than Psalm 69 And we can begin to get an idea of what the book is all about in Isaiah 4. So Isaiah 4 verse 2 says, On that day the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and glory of Israel's survivors. Whoever remains in Zion and whoever is left in Jerusalem will be called holy, all in Jerusalem, written in the book of life. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the blood guilt from the heart of Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning. So we're beginning to learn something here about the book of life. Isaiah 4 is a passage with end times implications, and it seems to point to Jerusalem slash Zion being occupied with only those who are holy, those written in the book of life. Well, Revelation 21-27, our passage today, is obviously linked in heavily with Isaiah 4-3. Now, the next appearance of the book of life is in Philippians 4, verse 2, where Paul says, I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have been who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. 
So Paul says here that his co-workers have their names written in the book of life. Do these verses indicate that all of those who are saved by Jesus have their name written in a book? Well, that certainly seems to be the case, but we don't want to get all crazy just yet, jumping to conclusions. That's how people get labeled heretics and how theses get hammered to doors. We don't want that, do we? Well, the next appearance of the book of life is in Revelation 3, verse 5. And it says, in the same way, the one who conquers will be dressed in white clothes. And Jesus says, I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my father and before his angels. So that's a pretty interesting passage. Does that passage, along with his Exodus 32 and the prayer in Psalm 69, does it indicate that somebody's name can be removed from the Lamb's book of life? But it's an interesting question. We've already talked about whether or not a true Christian can lose their salvation, and I believe the answer is no. That was in episodes 121, 124, and I think 126 of this podcast. We did a three-part series on it. You can find those at BibleReadingPodcast.com. Just come to the website and search for Perseverance, because we talked about the perseverance of the saints. So, Can somebody lose their salvation? I think the answer is no, but I will say that it appears that Moses and David at least thought it was possible for somebody's name to be blotted out from the book. Well, that said, Jesus promises here that those who overcome and conquer will not have their name blotted out, and I believe that is a reference to the saints persevering. All those who persevere in faith will overcome, will conquer, and will not lose their salvation. They will be preserved. All right, next reference, Revelation 13, 8. All those who live on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name was not written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slaughtered. So there's a fascinating truth here. People's names aren't written in the Lamb's book of life when they are saved in real time, but when the foundations of the world was laid. In other words, before the creation of humans, the Lamb's book of life was written before the creation of humans. So there's serious implications in that passage to the nature of salvation and the issue of predestination and sovereignty, which I believe the Bible very clearly teaches predestination. And this is one of the passages that points to that. Revelation 17, 8, The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up from the abyss and go to destruction. Those who live on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be astonished. Uh, ditto on that passage, same as Revelation 13. Revelation twenty twelve. I also saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works by what is written in the books. So this passage actually helps to reveal the, pa- the fact that there is another passage that discusses the Lamb's book of life, though not by name. And that passage is uh, Daniel chapter 7, which really ties in to the events of Revelation 20. And we remember here how many places in Revelation are connected to other books of the Bible. There's so many connections between the Old Testament and the book of Revelation. It's just crazy. You can't even keep up with them all. But Revelation, I'm sorry, Daniel 7 Verses 9 through 13, Daniel says, and see how closely this parallels Revelation. He says, as I kept watching, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white like snow, and the hair of his head like whitest wool. His throne was flaming fire, its wheels were blazing fire. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from his presence. 
Thousands upon thousands served him, 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was convened and the books were opened. I watched then because of the sound of the arrogant words the horn was speaking. As I continued watching, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to the burning fire. I continued watching in the night visions, and suddenly one like a son of man was coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was escorted before him. Now, I could keep reading in Daniel 7, and I would love to, but we got to keep going focusing on the books of life, the book of life. So I think it's very safe to say that one of the books opened in Daniel 7 that is mentioned there is the Lamb's book of life, because as I said, Daniel 7 is a very clear parallel to what's happening in Revelation 20. Revelation 20, verse 15, anyone whose name was not not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. And so with that passage, we sort of have the final piece of the puzzle. Those who are not written in the book of life are cast into the lake of fire. Those who are written in the Lamb's book of life are allowed into the heavenly city of Zion. And that means that this book is a life or death matter the most life or death matter possible. So how can you or I know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life? That's the question my daughter asked, and it's the most important question that can be asked. How can we know? Well, the answer is, look to the Lamb. Look to Jesus, the Son of God, crucified for our sins as a sacrificial Lamb, and now worthy to reign as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the way to know whether or not your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He is the way to salvation. As John 10, 8 through 10 says, Jesus says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. So practically speaking, Jesus is the way. But how do we get through the gate of Jesus? How do we enter into life through him? Well, I think Paul spills it out as clearly in Romans 10. So we started in John 10, down to Romans 10, as clearly in Romans 10 as it is in anywhere in the Bible. And this is what he says, verse 8 is where it starts. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. So there's no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So dear friends, to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, look to the Lamb, trust in his sacrifice, follow him, Jesus, in faith and with your whole heart because everyone who calls on him for salvation confessing their sins and believing in him will be saved. Deuteronomy chapter 24. If a man marries a woman, but she becomes displeasing to him because he finds something indecent about her, he may write her a divorce certificate, hand it to her and send her away from his house. If after leaving his house, she goes and becomes another man's wife and the second man hates her, writes her a divorce certificate, hands it to her and sends her away from the house. Or if she, if he dies, 
the first husband who sent her away must not marry her again after she has been defiled, because that would be detestable to the Lord. You must not bring guilt on the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. When a man takes a bride, he must not go out with the army or be liable for any duty. He is free to stay at home for one year so that he can bring joy to the wife he has married. Do not take a pair of grindstones or even the upper millstone as security for a debt because that is like taking a life as security. If a man is discovered kidnapping one of his Israelite brothers, whoever treats him as a slave or sells him, the kidnapper must die. You must purge the evil from among you. Be careful with a person who has a serious skin disease, following carefully everything the Levitical priest instructs you to do. Be careful to do as I have commanded them. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the journey after you left Egypt. When you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, do not enter his house to collect what he offers as security. Stand outside while the man you are making the loan to brings the security out to you. If he is a poor man, do not sleep with a garment he has given you as security. Be sure to return it to him at sunset. Then he will sleep in it and bless you, and this will be counted as righteousness to you before the Lord your God. Do not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether one of your Israelite brothers or one of the resident aliens in a town in your land. You are to pay him his wages each day before the sun sets because he's poor and depends on them. Otherwise, he will cry out to the Lord against you and you will be held guilty. Fathers are not to be put to death for their children and children are not to be put to death for their fathers. Each person will be put to death for his own sin. Do not deny justice to a resident alien or fatherless child and do not take a widow's garment as security. Remember that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this. When you reap the harvest in your field and you forget a sheaf in the field, do not go back to get it. It is to be left for the resident alien, the fatherless and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. When you knock down the fruit from your olive tree, do not go over the branches again. What remains will be for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, do not glean what is left. What remains will be for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow. Remember that you are a slave in the land of Egypt. Therefore, I am commanding you to do this. Psalm 114. When Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people who spoke a foreign language. Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back, the mountains skipped like rams, the hills like lambs. Why was it, sea, that you fled, Jordan that you turned back, mountains that you skipped like rams, hills like lambs? Tremble, earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool, the flint into a spring. Psalm 115. Not to us, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your faithful love, because of your truth. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven and does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. Those who make them are just like them, as are all who trust in them. Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. House of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and shield. The Lord remembers us and will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. 
He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great alike. May the Lord add to your numbers, both yours and your children's. May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the human race. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, nor any of those descending into the silence of death. But we will bless the Lord, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Isaiah 51, verse 1. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave birth to you. When I called him, he was only one. I blessed him and made him many. For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and melodious song. Pay attention to me, my people, and listen to me, my nation, for instruction will come from me and my justice for a light to the nations. I will bring it about quickly. My righteousness is near. My salvation appears, and my arms will bring justice to the nations. The coasts and islands will put their hope in me, and they will look to my strength. Look up to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish like smoke. The earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die like gnats. But my salvation will last forever, and my righteousness will never be shattered. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my instruction. Do not fear disgrace by men, and do not be shattered by their taunts, for moths will deliver them like a garment, and worms will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever, and my salvation for all generations. Wake up, wake up, arm of the Lord, clothe yourselves with strength. Wake up as in days past, as in generations long ago. Wasn't you who hacked Rahab to pieces, who pierced the sea monster? Wasn't it you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the seabed into a road for the redeemed to pass over? And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing. Crowned with unending joy, joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee." I, I am the one who comforts you. Who are you that you should fear humans who die, or a son of man who is given up like grass? But you have forgotten the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You are in constant dread all day long because of the fury of the oppressor, who has set himself to destroy. But where is the fury of the oppressor? The prisoner is soon to be set free. He will not die and go to the pit, and his food will not be lacking. For I am the Lord your God, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. His name is the Lord of armies. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand in order to plant the heavens, to found the earth, and to say to Zion, You are my people. Wake yourself. Wake up. Stand up, Jerusalem, you who have drunk the cup of his fury from the Lord's hand, you who have drunk the goblet to the dregs, the cup that causes people to stagger. There is no one to guide her. Among all the children she has raised, there is no one to take hold of her hand. Among all the offspring she has brought up, these two things have happened to you, devastation and destruction, famine and sword. Who will grieve for you? How can I comfort you? Your children have fainted. They lie at the head of every street like an antelope in a net. They are full of the Lord's fury, They re- the rebuke of your God. So listen to this, suffering and drunken one, but not with wine. This is what your Lord says. The Lord, even your God, who defends his people, look, I have removed from your hand the cup that causes staggering, the goblet, the cup of my fury. You will never drink it again. 
I will put it into the hands of your tormentors who said to you, lie down so we can walk over you. You made your back like the ground and like a street for those who walk on it. Amen. Well, friends, may the word of the Lord build you up and edify you and bless you. Good day, good weekend to you, and Godspeed.